Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. All right, amen. So many good things already. Anybody need to stretch? Just take a minute. Don't you feel better? I feel better. All right. Uh, The Lord spoke to me that this year of 2014 would be a year of rejoicing. And um, I like that a lot. So uh, (laughs) one of the ways that he spoke it to me was uh, actually last year as we were praying, I saw a vision. I don't know about y'all, but when God speaks to me, usually I get some kind of imagery or metaphor or something like that, then I'm like, that's cool, that's interesting. Then I read the entire Bible trying to figure out what it means. So this time it wasn't too difficult because um, as Pastor Jane and others brought forth their word, it brought a lot of clarity to what I'd seen. Um, So the vision I saw was I saw um, just a mass congregation of the church, us and and whoever participates, uh, worshiping, but worshiping not like worshiping, but just just worshiping, just worshiping like out of our skin, like worshiping, vibrating, coming alive. And as we began to worship, it was like an earthquake happened, like a good one, not a bad one, where um, the, the, the stronghold of the enemy shook loose. And uh, my dad, he had lived in Italy for a, a brief time. And when he lived there, there had been an earthquake uh, that struck where a castle was. The castle had these artifacts that were, some of them, very priceless. And so when the earthquake happened, literally the the people of the town tell the story, artifacts just began to fall and literally like rain into the, the town below. And some of them were priceless. And so my dad's landlord had an artifact that had fallen from this castle uh, and and was like a very valuable artifact. Um, And so what I saw was something kind of like that, that there had been things that were the camp of the enemy, and as we began to worship, it began to shake and break loose. And the things that had been stolen and robbed, the things of value that had been locked up, shook loose and rained down on God's people. And so um, that was kind of the vision I had, and then Pastor Jane and others brought forth the word about um, quantum leaping, and that the, the, you know the quantum leap, so the the particles, they get so excited that they leap. So I love that. So I think we're going to rejoice and we're going to leap because we rejoiced. So um, about rejoicing, Philippians 4.4 commands us, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And um, as you read scriptures about rejoicing, just to be honest, um, I read through a lot of them. I'm not going to read them all today. But just to be honest, scriptures about rejoicing do not show up at happy times. Did you know that? (laughs) They never show up at happy times. I'll give you an overview. Job chapter 33, Job rejoices that he was spared eternal wrath. He basically says, though God did all these things to me, took everything I have and, and, and destroyed me, I was spared eternal wrath. So good for Job. He rejoiced. Acts chapter 5, the apostles rejoice that we are worthy to suffer. Second Chronicles chapter 20, we rejoice over our enemies. You have to have enemies to rejoice over them. Proverbs, all of Proverbs is full of scriptures on rejoicing. It has to do with rejoicing that God protects us or provides shelter in the midst of a disastrous situation. And Psalm, full of rejoicing, the psalmist said, 
to himself to rejoice and stir himself up. And it always is often, at least in context of, in spite of. Though this, I will rejoice. And so I began to see a very clear pattern. We have a year of rejoicing because we've had some difficult years, right? Now, we may rejoice because though all what happened happened, we're still here. So that's a good start, right? However, I believe we're going to rejoice for more than that. I don't believe we're going to just say we were spared like Job, so we rejoice. Because there's another thing that happens. You rejoice when you look back and the victory is won and the battle is over. And so I believe the Lord is saying 2014 is a year of rejoicing because the battle we've been in for the past maybe seven years is won and is over and we receive the spoils of war. So rejoice means to feel or experience joy, to become cheerful, to gladden. It means to exuberate, jubilate, triumph, or glory in. And then two contemporary definitions mean are to be on cloud nine or to walk on air. Uh, So rejoicing, this word rejoicing, there's a word inside it, joy, right? And don't you think joy is Walking on air sounds to me like easy. Things are easy, right? And it's not that maybe everything is easy, but when we rejoice, when we have joy, we press the easy button and walk on air. Um, And so there are four specific things that we can rejoice in. You may not know what to rejoice in, but maybe you can just rejoice in the fact that it's a year of rejoicing. (laughs) But I'll, I'll give you four things that we can rejoice in. First of all, we can rejoice in God's victory, uh, you, you've all heard, or maybe not all, but many of you may have heard the song, I guess the Jamaicans sing, Jesus is the winner man, the winner man, right? The winner man. God wins. Jesus wins. Whatever your situation is, Jesus is the winner. When you look in the finances, Jesus wins. When there's an arm wrestle in a relationship, Jesus wins. When there's an issue of destruction that seems to be looming, Jesus wins. So we can rejoice that no matter what happens, ha ha, Jesus wins. Secondly, we can begin to rejoice in God's ways. And I say this because it's not easy to rejoice in God's ways. God's ways, he tells us, are not our ways. They're nothing like our ways. You've heard two great examples, how we are already for tonight, how we come up with our ways and they are not God's ways. But as we, this is what I felt the Lord say, as we rejoice in God's ways, we will begin to love them. We will begin to recognize them. It will become a joy to us that he's done it his way because his way is better than our way. So we can rejoice in his ways. Thirdly, we can rejoice in God's promises. Of course, this is your prophecy. This is the decrees that we're saying uh, over Vision Church or over Christian International or the ones you've written for yourself. And lastly, we can rejoice in our testimony, and by testimony meaning who we know God to be. So, for example, you may not yet know God to be healer to your own body, but maybe you know him to be provider when you've had need. So you're waiting for your body to be healed. So rejoice in God the provider. Rejoice in the God that you do know, that you know for sure this is who he is. And if, honestly, if he ever does or ever doesn't heal me, yeah, I'll rejoice, right? Because this is who he is. So rejoice in God as we know him, according to our, our testimony. Um, so I had a dream, and I'm, I guess we're all going to talk about disappointment a little bit. 
Um, I've been on a challenge with our whole gym. We've been on this challenge where for six weeks, we don't eat any sugar, any grain, any dairy, no pastries, no coffee in the morning. It's so sad. I'm so sad. It's really healthy, but it's really wonderful. And I'm just in tears rejoicing. Okay, no. (laughs) So... You guys would laugh if you knew how apparently addicted to sugar I am because we're on day 24, 23, I don't know. We're into it, okay? And I haven't had a lick of sugar other than a couple pieces of fruit throughout the time in over 20 days. Every single night, I dream about cinnamon rolls and Oreos and ice cream sundaes. I just dream about junk food all night every single night. So one night in particular, I was dreaming, uh, we, don't, we don't even have gum, not even gum, not even sugar-free gum. So one night I was dreaming that I forgot and I was going to go prophesy and I took a piece of gum. So if you, every day if you, that you may not follow the rules, you lose a point for that day and I want to win. Points add up, you win. So I want to win, so I don't want to lose a point. So um, in my dream, I had had a piece of gum, so I was going to lose a point for that day. Well, it was early in the day, so you just have one point to lose. So in my dream, I was like, well, I've already lost the point. So I ate every pastry in, like, all of Santa Rosa Beach in my dream because I was like, I already lost the point. I ate every single pastry. And then in my dream, I was like, it's too hard. I can never do this. And I decided in the dream, they were all like, it's okay. They're there. You just lost one point. In my dream, I decided... I quit the whole challenge. I'm not doing any more of it. Now, actually, the challenge has uh, all these other areas that have nothing to do with eating, like sleep and other stuff, you know? So eating is just the hardest part for me. So in my dream, I quit the whole thing. And, you know, when I woke up, I was like, Lord, I think you're talking to me, not about pastries. (laughs) God, intervene. No. (laughs) Not about pastries, but about a possibility in my heart that once I'm disappointed, that I might just quit the whole thing. And sometimes we might do that. I might not be the only one. That once I feel like this is difficult, I already messed up once, I can't keep going and throw the whole baby out with the bath. And so if if there's even a possibility of that in my heart, I want to deal with it. Because if I lose a point today, there's always tomorrow right? And in God, if it didn't happen today, he's still going to do it because he said he would, and he's a good God. So, um, So we have to begin to rejoice in what he said, rejoice in what we already know about him, rejoice that he has won the victory, and we can receive the spoils. And I believe as we do, we will quantum leap this year. Um, Do you all know about TED Talks? Um, TED Talks is cool. It's like this Um, I guess, organization or group of people from intellectual spheres such as professors, scientists, psychologists, whatever. And what they aim to do is take something really scientific or or whatever else and make it very practical in a five-minute TED Talk. And so one particular TED Talk I was watching um, really showed me how God is a genius. And that is... It was about body language and how body language doesn't just change how people see you, it changes you. And particularly, body language will change the uh, hormonal and physiological makeup, chemical makeup of your body immediately. So, for example, people who are sitting like this 
will begin immediately to feel unconfident, uncertain. Your cortisol, the stress hormone, can increase up to 60% when you sit folded in on yourself. So everybody, sit up nice and straight. Okay? And so it went on to talk about how they did all these tests, how if you sit all crunched up or if you do what, what we'll talk about in a minute, what they call power posing, how it affects you. And so random strangers perceive you one way or another. And so when you're kind of crunched up and pitiful, they perceive you as not successful, not driven, unable, and so on, right? Also, you're less likely to get something. So you're um, less likely to win something. You're less likely to be hired for something. You're less likely to be, there's like all these statistics that go with it. Okay, so as I, as I heard this, I wanted to know, all right, fine, I know don't sit like this and crunch myself up and make myself small. But I'm kind of like Bishop, like if a little is good, a lot is better, you know? So tell me what I can do that will have the best physiological effect possible on me, on my hormone levels, on the chemical makeup of my body, on the way I'm thinking. What is the best possible thing? And you guys are going to be so excited when you find out what it is. The very best position you can position your body in for your hormonal, chemical, physiological, your mind state, for your health, the very best position Isn't that awesome? And the funny thing is, we naturally do, we naturally do this. Super Bowl winning touchdown. Or don't, not, I shouldn't have said Super Bowl, sorry. <laughs> I should have picked something else, right? <laughs> what a depressing night that was for some. Uh, not me, but for some. <laughs> um, but, okay, so instinctively, when you feel pretty confident and you're already winning, don't you get excited and do something really big and great? But oddly enough, what does the Bible say? Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, right? When you lift your hands, two minutes of lifting your hands over your head will decrease your cortisol by 25%, up to 25%. Can you believe that? 120 seconds. Come on, cortisol is the belly fat hormone. Come on, lift your hands. <laughs> lift your hands. You know what? After two minutes, you are 60% more likely to take a risk. You need faith? Worship God. Imagine that. Yes. Good. All right, give the Lord a hand. So God knew what he was doing when he said rejoice. So I believe we're not only going to rejoice because it got to be a better year. I believe we're going to rejoice and make it a better year because the power of God is upon us. And he made our bodies and he made our spirits to have the authority to go forth and do what he said for us to do this year. So you like that, don't you? So when I, this is like, a, I don't know, a while ago when I learned this, probably over a year ago. Now when I worship, I try all the time to worship like this. <laughs> I'm just like, make me skinny, God. Get rid of that cortisol hormone. But you know, you, when you, see, God knew that. It's not psychology that made that true. God made our bodies, and he knew that when we lift our hands, that we'll begin to see the world differently. We will see our challenges differently. We will see our failures and mistakes differently. Because when we lift our hands, he can begin to work and change the mindset that we had that was one way that was not his way. Right? Right? 